Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, when we focus on the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel reading that Jean just read to us is from John's Gospel. And John's Gospel uses different images for the Spirit compared with the accounts found in Acts. The metaphors in Acts are wind and fire. In John, the metaphors are advocate and the spirit of truth. I will pay attention to this latter image of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. John says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. After drawing out some features of this, I will then turn our attention to the importance of truth-telling in our world today by looking at how tyrants can undermine the spirit of truth. <coughs> in picturing the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth, I suggest we look at this through three lens. The first is curiosity. The second is generosity. And the third is forgiveness. When we are curious, we need an open mind. To be curious is inquiring, seeking, and listening. I need to pay attention and wonder if I might learn something. I can be truth-seeking and not be curious. In that sense, my spirit is closed. I defend a position. I am in a corner. To be open and curious is to seek the wonder of God in the events of every day. When you hear someone say, well, my position is, you know they have no curiosity, no inquiry, no open search. So this aspect of the spirit of truth is about being attentive to God by being curious. Be open and full of wondering. The second dimension of the spirit of truth is generosity. Those who are generous are other-centred, quick to share, willing to support. Generosity is an overflowing of kindness and empathy, and such qualities lead to compassion. If we are possessive or hoarding, we can easily become defensive, building assets but not friends. In a simple phrase, it is about looking after each other. Such a spirit leads to the truth of who God is. For we find God when we are generous. The last virtue of the spirit of truth I'm inviting you to look at is forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go. If we cannot forgive, and Jesus said we should forgive 70 times 7, if we cannot forgive, then the spirit is not with us. Forgiveness is not easy, especially when my ego gets in the way. 
In conflict situations, and the current conflict between Israel and Palestine comes to mind, we can never find the truth of the matter if someone does not take the initiative and speak of forgiveness. There are times in my life where I need to face the truth of the matter. And if I can approach this with the gift of forgiveness, I can move on. I can let go and the truth will set me free. Let me just briefly say something about the nature of truth. In the Bible, truth is close to wisdom. It involves a personal truth, truths, as it were, that I live by. It's not truth by observation, but truth by participation. It is in the sense of being true to ourselves. Truth-telling requires courage. Recently, a friend gave me a book written by Volker Ulrich entitled Hitler and said he thought I would find it interesting. It's a study of how Hitler came to power and the biography is volume up, one up until the beginning of the Second World War. So it therefore gives an account not only of the person of Hitler, but the forces in play prior to the Second World War that allowed Hitler to come to power. One aspect of Hitler's personality that stands out when we consider the spirit of truth is that Hitler was a persuasive liar. When prime ministers and government officials from other countries came to Germany to speak to Hitler, he told them what they wanted to hear and kept from them his agenda for war and racial purity. The army chief of general staff was Ludwig Beck, and in 1938 he told his superior the prospect of destroying Czechoslovakia with military force without alerting England and France does not exist in the foreseeable future. The conflict, Beck argued, would automatically expand into a European or world war, which as far as anyone could predict, would end in a ge general catastrophe and not just military defeat for Germany. Well, Hitler would have none of this, and Beck resigned three days later. As we know, Beck spoke the truth to ears that were closed, and his military judgment was 100% accurate. There were a number of forces at play in Germany during the 1930s. Germany suffered a humiliating punishment after the First World War. Mass unemployment left people dispirited and in poverty. Many lost pride in their country and were easily receptive to the Make Germany Again slogans. There was a movement of brown shirts that created fear 
amongst law-abiding citizens. You can see there are direct parallels with some of our events and leaders in our world today. But one other feature should not go unnoticed. Hitler's drive for racial purity and conformity to idealised stereotypes of a national image led to the persecution of Jews in Germany and in the territories they occupied. And Germans were largely passive to these threats during the 1930s. In 1934, evangelical churches combined to write the Barman Declaration, which among other things stated, we reject the false doctrine as though the state, over and beyond its special commission, should and could become the single and totalitarian order of human life, thus fulfilling the church's voca vocation as well. The Barman Declaration affirmed that God was the ruler of the church and not any government. These were brave words for the time, and as I read the Barman Declaration again, I couldn't help but notice that the, the Declaration says nothing about the threat to the Jewish people. It is well known that Martin Luther was seriously prejudiced against the Jews. And that allowed Hitler to compromise the churches on the Jewish question. Facing the truth, stating the truth, and, and protecting the truth, I put to you, is part of the witness of the Holy Spirit. If we have the spirit of truth, we will be guided into all truth. Tyrants, and there are plenty of them in today's world, hide or pervert the truth. I found it particularly shocking that a poet in Myanmar recently was arrested for writing a poem, and he spent three days at the local police station. There he was killed, his organs removed, and the body returned to his family, simply for writing poems. In an article on the online portal, The Gospel Coalition, Russell Moore, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, condemned the attacks on the Capitol and called on Christians to reject the falsehoods surrounding the elections and embrace the truth. Enough is enough, he said, and indeed was enough a long time ago. It will take decades, Moore wrote, to rebuild from the wreckage of this country. But as Christians, we can start now not by just being afraid to say what is objectively the truth, but to say that Joe Biden has been elected president. 
he said, if Christians are people of truth, we ought to be the first to acknowledge reality. Now, for other evangelicals within the USA, Trump's role in the Capitol attack will be minimised because many see him not just as an elected official, but one anointed by God. They feel that he should remain president because God wanted him to be the president. So the question for those evangelical Christians who believe that Trump was chosen by God, the question is, how can you reconcile that with the fact that Donald Trump lacks the spirit of truth? To have the spirit of truth requires courage, particularly if we are called to witness to the spirit in our lives. Well, today I have drawn out three qualities that I suggest are important in allowing the spirit to be with us. They are curiosity, generosity, and forgiveness. The spirit of truth will guide us into all the truth. And as a Christian community, we are invited to stand for truth and truth-telling in our world. In the domains of the digital media, where slander and abuse go unchallenged, this is not easy. Where tyrants take control of a country and where truth becomes slippery and evasive, we need institutions that stand for democracy and truth-telling. The voice on the church on some of these matters is often quiet. Rather, it is the independent press, the fourth estate, where institutions can speak the truth. But remember this, Jesus said, the truth will make you free. Amen.